welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast and happy President's Day. We have a special episode for you today. In honor of the day, we are going to be talking about the American President, the 1995 film about president dating. So it's going to be fun. And I have a special guest with me today. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Patrick Beatty is back on the podcast. Thanks so much. Hey, you thought you got rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you know, we we did have video and there were attempts to be presidential in said videos, but <laughs> that is that is not going to happen. So yeah. we shouldn't address it. <laughs> <laughs> but how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about this movie. We just I uh, just saw it yesterday. And yeah, when you gave me the premise before we started the pod, I, I initially didn't understand, but I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your first time ever watching it? Yeah, first time seeing oh. it. And um, honestly, the genre itself, like this this little subgenre of like being with the president. I mean, we've got all the, the romance with like you're going out with this prince that's from another country or this princess from a different nation and like it's a commoner that's doing it or something mm -hmm. but this is a very different one this is this, yeah. this feels like just straight up weird at this time like yeah, you were to weird. look at this time and someone try to make this movie <laughs> yeah we're definitely gonna talk about that and talk about some other presidential movies that we like we actually in the past we did an episode on president's day that was about movies about the president's daughter oh <laughs> yeah so we'll put a link down if you want to listen to that it was from 2018 so it's a while back but we talked about uh we talked about chasing liberty my date with the president's daughter and uh first daughter mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's a whole genre of president's daughters it's kind of our it is kind of our sort of royalty especially when when you're dealing with the family because they don't have the same kind of like policy things to work into it so you can just sort of make them almost like royalty yeah you know what i think about <laughs> though when i think of this genre there's really only one movie that i can you you know say that I, I believe is in the genre. Do you remember uh -huh. the Disney film, My Date with the President's Daughter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the, the we, we covered that one. Yep, that's in the, uh... that's the only thing that I could equate to. But I was watching this. I was like, wow, okay. And this <laughs> like, was none the of movies. them are that great. I think Chasing Liberty is the best of the three. Mm -hmm. But uh, eh, it's something to watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, some other presidential movies that I thought of. Of course, there's Lincoln. Uh, mm -hmm. directed by steven spielberg uh that uh of course you got daniel day lewis giving his incredible performance i was like as soon as they released that poster you knew that he was getting an oscar for that movie yeah but it's not the best lincoln movie what's your favorite lincoln movie well it's obviously abraham lincoln vampire hunter <laughs> yeah, right that's the most presidential that we will ever see of Lincoln. I do think that Lincoln would have been better as a miniseries rather than a movie. Oh, kind of like how John it, Adams was done, right? Yeah, because there's over 100 named characters in that movie. I mean, mm. they are there's so many things that they're trying to do and so many characters that I think it, it uh, doesn't work as well as I want it to work, but it's still like a decent film. Yeah. But I think it would have been better as a series. Uh, but uh, another one I thought of is you got to talk about Independence Day. Yes, Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a movie that I do think is a teeny tiny bit overrated. But I still, 
enjoy it. I just don't think it's like a classic. Um, mm. But Will Smith and Bill Pullman are are great. And Bill Pullman's speech is very iconic. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you want to dip back for series for a quick sec, I mean, you can't talk about presidents in TV and film without mentioning Martin Sheen in The West Wing with Aaron Sorkin. Well, we're going to talk about that a lot in talking about this movie mm, as well. Nice. Because um, and then it, it's very jarring to be, which one is the president that I'm looking at right now? <laughs> right. And then we have, if you're talking about TV shows, I mean, there's been a lot, but uh, but our, uh, President Palmer in 24 was very mm. iconic to me at least i love that show um you had mentioned in our off off a uh, mic that uh air force one is one of your favorites oh, of course harrison mm-hmm. ford taking people Get off, off my plane <laughs> right? it, it's one of those um i don't know it's it's die hard in a plane but the president's john mcclane it, it's tough to mm-hmm. go wrong with that and i made mm-hmm. that rhyme yeah there you go <laughs> Uh, and then there is Dave, which is a super fun movie uh, that they uh, are that the president is in a coma. And so they bring in his lookalike to run the government and his sort of simple ways to you know, revolutionize everything. <laughs> kind of a Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but he actually becomes president uh, in it. Do you have thoughts about uh, Meryl Streep as the president and Don't Look Up? I have not watched it yet. Ah, okay. Yeah. That could be a little controversial. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm <laughs> Meryl sure Meryl Streep that... is Meryl Streep, but that president, yeah. Harkin is... Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it. Did you like it? I think Don't Look Up is... If you were to judge it just as like a silly disaster movie... The comedy uh-huh. kind of works in that sense, but if you're trying to make it like a very like witty satire, it it kind of falls apart for me in some cases. But I don't know. I had a mm-hmm. decent time with it. I wasn't I wasn't offended and storming out by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell. Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Let's talk about Aaron Sorkin. I am not in the Aaron Sorkin, everything he touches is brilliant hive of people. I'm not in that group. I respect him. I I like some of his films. Some of his more popular films aren't, I don't love as much as other people do. Uh, this actually, in the American president, may be my favorite Sorkin script, which I know is a hot take. Oh. But I think it's really good. And the problem that I have sometimes with Sorkin is, yes, his dialogue is great. Uh, but I think sometimes the characters can be a little lacking for me. Uh, that uh, That's, again, hot take. But something like The Social Network, for me, I think has great dialogue. 
but to me the characters are a little one note like mark zuckerberg is basically just like a greedy capitalist and nothing more and i want to know more about him i want to know more about his character and why you know he really did what he did and i don't know i just feel like it's easy to write greedy rich guy and and to and i feel like he did the same thing with steve jobs i want to know why he does what he does not just that I don't know. He's a greedy guy that everybody hates. Like he had a lot of friends. And if you read of creativity incorporated, uh, by Ed Catmull, they talk about how devastated the whole Pixar crew was when, when Steve jobs passed away and how much they loved him. And you don't get any of that at all in, in Steve jobs. You think he's just a terrible person. And I, I don't know. I just thought that it'd be more interesting to me to see a nuanced, portrayal of who he was show the bad show the good and uh so sometimes i i get frustrated with what i feel like are his sort of simplistic characters yes the dialogue is great but i i that's where he loses me sometimes well let me ask you this do you think that it has to do with the directors that he's pairing himself with do you think it's how they utilize the screenplay and, and his writing uh i think that that might be part of it uh because I was going to ask you what you thought about his his sort of tenure directing his his own scripts because that has definitely gotten more mixed reception than uh, than his other collaborations. I think it's a good thing for for him in the sense that he actually gets to like finish it through, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure screenwriters hate the fact that they don't really have the final say on their product mm-hmm. at the end of the day that it goes to their director, but at the same time giving him that creative freedom a lot of people that i don't know is it is it kind of the directors that work with him are basing it off of other directors working with him and that's where you know aaron sorkin's identity so now that he's doing his own thing directing his own stuff you see more or less what his intentions have always been from the beginning yeah i kind of wonder if it's the latter i mm-hmm. it's hard to know without you know asking him but uh but I did not think that being the Ricardos worked. I didn't think the script, I I, mean, I thought the main problem with it was the script. I had some bad casting, but the mm-hmm. script I thought was weak. I mean, it goes all over the place. It can't decide what it's trying to say, what it's trying to do. Uh, the, the whole setup of the documentary did nothing to add to it, I didn't think. And I don't know, I just, I didn't think it was a very good script. It, it was... I don't know. It's one of those stories that like you're going to have a hard time selling anybody that isn't like completely immersed in that TV show and that loves those mm-hmm. characters. It feels more like a love love note to those fans than mm-hmm. like we're here to talk about a very serious thing like the trial of the, of the Chicago 7 had. Like that one had a lot more importance to it in my opinion than being it was the definitely Ricardos. better than being the Ricardos. I mean, I I just felt one minute it's about the writers room, one minute it's about their marriage, one minute it's about the her being pregnant her being a communist like it's just it had no focus and i don't know i just i was so glad that it didn't get nominated because i yeah. i didn't think it deserved that at all but um but yeah i i also think that he is best when writing television because i think that then the characters can breathe and you can get to know them in a way that you can't in a film uh, and so his, you get all the strengths of his dialogue plus the character development that I, that I yearn for, that I want. Yeah. And uh, so 
I, well, Rob uh, Reiner directed this one. Do you think that was the right move as far as like a good pairing with Sorkin? Did they ever collaborate afterward? I don't think they ever did again, uh, but I do think it was a good mixture and it was a good thing for Rob Reiner because his previous film had been a huge bomb. Oh. The um, uh, North was a, a big failure. And uh, so this was helpful to him. I think that, and I don't know if you agree, I feel like Rob Reiner is one of those directors from the 80s that's had a very tough time transitioning over to sort of digital cinema and the sort of the new new century. I, mm. I, I feel like Rob Reiner, Tim Burton, Chris Columbus, Robert Zemeckis are in that kind of group and not to as much an extent, but like a little bit Steven Spielberg, just like a little bit. Um, he's, he's drifting there. <laughs> yeah, that they they've had a hard time kind of making that transition. They've yeah. made some interesting stuff here and there, but uh, they've had they don't seem to be able to have transitioned their that creative mindset over to the two thousands and beyond. Mm-hmm. Well, I I don't know in this one like that's kind of a, a good point when it comes to this film because it does already feel very dated even in the way that like these politicians are interacting with each other in the premise being risque but also something that at this point is like not so new like we we get all kinds of tabloid stuff and things related to media uh, directed at the president directed at his personal life and the big crux of this film is talking about how does the president mix his personal life with being you know the most powerful man in the world yeah, uh, there's some parts of it that have held up and other parts that don't as much. Um, so Sorkin had worked with Rob Reiner before this movie with A Few Good Men, his first film that was directed by Rob Reiner. Um, but I don't think he's done anything else with him since. Uh, he hasn't made that many movies, but I guess you have the television shows because he's done um, one, two, three, four, five, well, four television shows. And, uh, and then he's done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten feature films. Jeez. Three of those, which he directed. Do you have a favorite uh, Sorkin film? Uh, you know, I'm not so sure if I've got a favorite of his so much as like, I, I am a fan of the, of the witty dialogue when it's done well, you know, and in a lot of his cases, I do like it. I do agree, though, with the humanity bit that there's, I don't know, David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin, bringing out humanity in characters is not necessarily the biggest thing that right. they do. <laughs> but it's it's true that there's a lot to say about having this dialogue that everybody feels like they're so perfectly witty and able to say things in, in such a romantic and in poetic way in a lot of ways when most of the time people just you know just say garbage sentences basically anytime i'm talking on a podcast is what real life sounds like it's just yeah sure yeah, I, I mean agree, that's but true not- i mean that's kind of the same thing with like with something like gilmore girls that's mm. very stylized like nobody really talks like that but the characters are so consistent and we enjoy them enough that it, it works. It all works. I will um, say I love the newsroom. 
the newsroom yeah. was one of those. And I guess it's a little bit more personal now that I that I work at ABC Four. Is that sure. like, like seeing what the what the bullpen is like, what it's like when you're in a meeting talking about different news stories and what things you're going to run with, what things uh, maybe just aren't going to pull the same way that you would think another story would, and and how do you decide which is the better one to run for that day? Um, and seeing kind of because he he pulls the curtain on back on like, well, most of the stuff that we're doing is just to get as many clicks as we can to get as much ratings. And the show that will Mav, what's his last name? It's Will McAvoy, McAvoy, Will McAvoy. Mm -hmm. That's the guy that's uh, played by Jeff Daniels. He, he decides to kind of upend the entire thing and he wants to do a new show that's actually talking about real issues, things like that. And um, it's fascinating. The last season, we can all agree, kind of dips a little bit, but it was it was a fun ride for me. Yeah. Well, it, there's kind of two parts of the American president. There's the political part and there's the romance part. And I mean, I'm much more interested in talking about the romance part of it. That's of course Hallmark's mm -hmm. podcast. <laughs> we don't want to get too much into it, but uh, I will say that it, there are some interesting things that have played out kind of differently than I think people intended. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. So don't, mm -hmm. don't stop listening. If you don't like politics, we're only going to talk about for a little bit. We're going to talk so um, much politics, you guys. <laughs> no, we won't. Um, but the interesting kind of point that, uh, that president Obama made. So he was called out at one point by Maureen Dowd of the wall street journal uh, that if he could be more like Michael Douglas in the American president. Mm -hmm. And this is at the Congress, the um, White House Correspondents' Dinner. He said, uh, he said, of course, everybody has got plenty of advice. Maureen Dowd said I could solve all my problems if I were just more like Michael Douglas in the American president. And I know Michael is here tonight. Michael, what's your secret, man? Could it be <laughs> that you were an actor in an Aaron Sorkin liberal fantasy? Might that have something to do with it? I don't know. <laughs> Check in with me. Maybe it's something else. <laughs> That's the perfect definition of what this movie is. It is a liberal <laughs> fantasy. It is a liberal <laughs> fantasy. Um, there is a point in the movie where the president of the United States says he's going to he's going to come and get the guns and he's going to take everyone's rifles and handguns and. <laughs> the idea that that could be passed in Congress, especially in 1994, is uh, laughable. That, well, even that the topic is still global warming. Well, yeah, <laughs> but the talking. idea that he could get this supposed, that he's going to take not just the like assault rifles, whatever, that might be possible maybe someday. And you can get mad in the comments if you agree or disagree with that. But the fact that he wanted to take everybody's handguns, that will never happen in a million years. I mean, uh, President Obama tried really hard to get rid of assault rifles. And again, don't get mad. It's just a fact he tried. Um, and it, he couldn't get that passed. There's no way that somebody that, I mean, can you imagine how much people would freak out if the president of the United States said, I'm going to come and get the guns? I mean- We've Ridiculous. heard it. We've heard it in a lot of a lot of times before, and I mean, I don't know. There's that, there's a lot to we, say about that, especially when it comes to mental health checks and background yeah, checks I mean, and proper there are, ways there are to do background it. checks. And like I said, we could get on to the politics, but I think we can both agree that if a president exactly. said that, it would be <laughs> extremely controversial. 
Well, not only that, but that it, it, he had the votes to either do this or to cut 20% of emissions to help combat global. We can't even do five at yeah, this point. Right. Like there's barely any movement when it comes to both of these issues. And this film has been out for almost 30 years at this point. Well, and the idea that everybody would sort of like him more and that his approval ratings would go up for saying I'm coming to get the guns mm. is ridiculous. What's with, I don't know. There's there's so many parts like Richard Dreyfus playing that that typical like red-blooded Republican that's like he doesn't stand for for values and stuff and seeing where <laughs> Richard Dreyfus ended up in real life like there's so many parallels to this is a little funny to me yeah well so here's the interesting thing they so they start off this movie with him at a 63 percent approval rating which is uh insanely high Very good. I don't uh, yeah I can't think of when we've ever had a president with that high in recent memory maybe Bush right after you know 9-11 maybe I can't remember what his approval rating was it's pretty high but 63 percent is extremely high mm -hmm. uh and uh so by the end it went down eight points uh because of him dating uh this woman and that would still be extremely high 55 <laughs> well, percent the the woman who's is played by Annette Benning, who by the way, if they were to do any type of like Elizabeth Warren film down the road, she would be perfectly yeah, cast she would be for good. that. That's like true. I was watching, just like that's a young Elizabeth Warren. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, she's a lobbyist trying to push forward uh, a way to pass uh, combating global warming, mm -hmm. and that's kind of how they get introduced. She's upset yeah. about him not putting more focus on it. He interrupts as she's basically like bad mouthing him. And then it's kismet. They love each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this part of it, I actually, the, the romance part of it, I think is actually really well done. Mm -hmm. Very, very solid. I think that Annette Benning and Michael Douglas have great chemistry. Would you agree? I agree. I think that, uh, I don't know, the situational stuff. I mean, it is funny to like, it's kind of aren't, aren't politicians already in bed with lobbyists? Like that's our that's a thing. Well, yeah. So we're in gonna this talk case, about they're that, actually but, doing it though. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna talk about that. But but I I just think that they work really well together, and I think it feels believable on a just base level that these two people would be attracted to each other and that they would be com uh, compatible with each the other. The chemistry is off the charts. I yeah. I really think that as far as casting goes, the president and and uh, Annette Benning were cast the best. Maybe and I think not that so much Michael Douglas and Martin Sheen, but we can get into that. Oh, well, I think their dialogue is really good together and feels authentic to what mm. these two characters would say to each other. The only thing maybe is that they do make Annette Benning's character pretty skittish, I would say maybe it's the right mm. word. Like she she's very nervous and she, you know, uh, flubs her words around the president and things like that. Um, and I guess that's kind of an endearing quality to her character, but uh, I mean, I guess most of us kind of have two sides to our character. We have like the, the strong public side and then also maybe a little bit more insecure private side. And she yeah. definitely is that for this character. I never felt she was too worried about things in this in this film. Uh -huh. and, I, and I feel like she could have been a little more concerned. Like when it comes to the press, and and how she was going to be scrutinized she kind of just took it all in stride and 
I, I don't know some fun, how... fun moments with her, like messing up over the phone calls and, and yeah, you know, yeah. what's he going to think of me? And that kind of, that, uh, was enjoyable. And, uh, yeah. you know, she, and she's so like excited to go into the white house and she says, I'm trying to preserve the Capra esque quality of the white house. <laughs> I, I will say, though, if if Marry Me has more to say about, like, the commoner coming into a bigger scenario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that um, movie. yeah, I mean, she does handle the press very well. And I guess, I mean, she has been working as a lobbyist for a long time. Uh, but uh, but yeah, she does handle that very well. I really liked everything involving him trying to basically date her as the president like him ordering mm. flowers and, oh, I and love that. all of that those scenes when he goes into the florist shop that's really delightful mm -hmm. <laughs> I especially I, I like when he is trying to have uh, the secretary give him a phone number he's like I just want the number and she's like did I do something wrong like do you like what do you need and he's like yeah. I want to do it myself because that's what I think people do and he's still not yeah. for sure with <laughs> Well, yeah, and then when they drive past the florist shop, and mm. uh, and he's like, <laughs> "I think Remember there's be somebody in there that I randomly you like apples, by. lady." <laughs> but I think that in real life, the security would just go in there with him. I I, I think they could do that. I don't know. They clear not. the room first, then he'd come in. Like they, guess, they'd scope yeah, it out, and then so. he'd walk in all you know fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so, loved also the shots of um the white house and like up against like the washington monument i think those are some beautiful shots yeah there is some really nice cinematography in the film did they film did they, they had a sound stage right this was all filmed probably on a sound stage yeah i mean i'm sure all the the white house stuff always hollywood would have had to have like at this point made a fake white house somewhere that nobody knows about <laughs> that they could just go do whatever in I'm sure I, oh, many, I'm sure they had many, many. Uh, and so a lot of this, uh, this was then taken as kind of inspiration for the West Wing when they started. Mm -hmm. um, and you can definitely see uh, different characters like Wendy Malick's character kind of, uh, I feel like as a template for Allison Janney's character. Uh, you certainly of course have Michael Sheen, as we'll talk, as we, as we talked about. And he, in this movie, he is the chief of staff. He's also supposed to be his best friend. Uh, mm -hmm. And they've been through from the very beginning all the way up to uh, the current situation. So what's your uh, beef with, uh, with Martin Sheen in this movie? They all look alike. It's crazy. <laughs> they look like they're brothers. All three of these guys. You got to yeah. have one. You can't have Michael Douglas and Martin Sheen and Michael J. Fox. They all look related. <laughs> That's true. That's it, it, just, it was, well, and it's also a little funny because when but, did the West Wing come out? What year was that? Um, came out in 99 or something. 90. Uh, 99. Yeah. But in yeah. fairness, we weren't talking about a super diverse group in the cabinets at this point. I mean, no, they yeah, weren't, Clinton they had liberal, liberal. <laughs> Clinton had some like Janet Reno and it's, you know, some, some women, some, uh, some people of color in his cabinet, but mm -hmm. it was still predominantly white men. But I will say it's nothing to their acting or their performances at all, but it's, it's just more, um, yeah, they all, it's just, I, it was tough to be like, man, you all just like 
they they really just typecast a a white male with brown hair. I've got the guy. I got the guy. <laughs> Immediately find him. I gotta yeah. ask, have you ever watched um, Veep? Because Selena I Meyer haven't. is I've heard it's a great. president. She is the president. <laughs> it's if you guys haven't watched it, and I'll I'll say this: it's crass for sure. Mm-hmm. The jokes are some of like some of the most well. It's if Aaron Sorkin made a diss track. But like, got real nasty with it, you know. Mm. <laughs> and and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is incredible. This is if you've loved her as Elaine mm-hmm. in Seinfeld, and you've wanted to see her in something that's her own thing, where she can lead the entire cast. It, it it's incredible for her. This is one. Of, it's one of my favorite shows ever. I don't know why I didn't mention that. She is yeah. one of my favorite presidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have actually two shows that spinned off of this movie. So there's The West Wing of course. Mm. Uh, and then they also have spin city, uh, which was sort of spin off from this movie with Michael J. Fox, which was his show about, I think he was the governor. Oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. In there's, governor there's or mayor, platform. I can't remember. He's one of them. He's a leader. And mm. <laughs> we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. The thing that I wonder about with this movie is that I think that, especially in the 90s, that the president dating and having a girlfriend would actually help his numbers, not hurt his numbers. It was a weird idea to think that a widowed president that had been raising a kid on his own Mm -hmm. decides to start dating somebody who is smart, who's funny, who's not like, like think about the controversy that was happening with the royal family a a few years ago, or even like last year with the whole interview with with everything, or even with Princess Diana, right? Uh There, There was always this huge controversy this seemed like it was like oh so he's making wise choices i think the thing that would have been hit on the hardest during this time would be the fact that she's a lobbyist yeah but i feel like the average person doesn't really care about that i feel like the average Mm. person would be would be like oh look how fun he's dating this woman you know like Mm. i feel like that would actually be they were acting like the average person would care more about about policy and then him dating a lobbyist but i feel like the average person would care less about that Mm. personally it could go either way right now you know like there's so many weird like things that just sprout out of nowhere and like all the stuff that happened with uh, i mean it's kind of recently happened started with i 
probably to me started recently with when Trump was running and started mm-hmm. like going after the Bushes. Then they started going after Trump's family. Then they went after the the Biden. And it, it's always been a new like personal thing that's been happening in the past few years. So I, I don't know. And right now the whole like get the get the lobbyists out of Congress. Like, I don't know if, if they did a contemporary version, that wouldn't be more of like the thing they'd hit harder with. But yeah, I wonder uh, what they would make her now. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to a lobbyist, because I feel like even in even well, if it's being, a liberal one, I've got ideas. <laughs> well, even she's a local bartender in New York. <laughs> well, I mean, Hollywood's not going to be making a conservative president movie. Um, and so they were going to make Mel it Gibson now. produces and stars okay. in it. <laughs> Maybe, but, uh, but, uh, they, if they were going to make it now, they would probably make her, what would they make her now instead of a a lobbyist? lobbyist? You know, I would probably, hmm. part of a nonprofit maybe. Yeah, it would have to be a nonprofit or it, it could possibly be somebody that's just, they would probably go honestly for like, she's a small town person in a small town Congress. She's the mayor of like a Hallmark the small movie. town. <laughs> yeah. Like Mr. Deeds in a way. Right. Yeah. And that's a horrible comparison. Between the two. <laughs> but like, she's from Winchester's Tinsville, yeah, Iowa. There's definitely, <laughs> I mean, cause Mr. Deeds is based on Mr. Deeds goes to town, which is all mm. about this, you know, rich man who, who goes and basically gives away all the money he's inherited uh, in, in the town. And uh, so there's definitely a political kind of feel or message in that movie. Um, mm. I mean, Adam Sandler <laughs> isn't the best, but that's one of his more tolerable movies. Oh, I, I, I thought it was back in the day, that yeah. movie, pretty, I don't know, rom-coms, they always hit me hard. And Adam Sandler rom-coms, he, he does good with them. When he goes full silly like Jack and Jill, things go off the rails real quickly. But like Fifty First Dates, um, The Wedding Singer, they're they're incredible. Well, I don't know if I go that far, but they're they're, <laughs> they're they have some good things. In. Uh, so I really like, like I said, I like the fact that they made her both kind of a a ambitious, hard nosed, strong character but then also made her kind of soft and sweet and funny and i feel like that that's a lot too in at benny's character but i also think it's uh it's some pretty good writing and usually part of the reason why i don't tend to love aaron sorkin's scripts is the female characters are usually way underwritten but i feel like he does a good pretty good job in this one of making a full dynamic complex character for sydney She's the only like well-written female character in a in a in a sea of mostly men. Yeah. But because she's the 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 co-lead, I would say in this, she does have a lot more to do. And I, and I I agree with you. Yeah. I really like that she makes a big deal out about picking out a dress because she's always been in suits, right? Because at the beginning, she's not really seeing this as an opportunity to be dating the president. She sees this as, oh, this is a this is a chance for me to be able to get my platform out, to be uh, networking with more people. This, this is an opportunity, honestly, more than anything. It's not until he invites her over, introduces his daughter to her, and they go into the China room, which he, what, what did he call it? The plate room? The, the dish yeah, room? Yeah, the, the plate room. <laughs> He's uh, like, I don't know. I've never been in here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they say when she's getting hired, and John Mahoney is in this, and he's so great. I love him. And uh, he says that I hired a pit bull, not a prom queen. 
Mm. And which is the problem that women face in, uh, in trying to run for office or trying to be a leader in general is that mm-hmm. if you are a, uh, if you're a strong leader, then you're seen as a, as a pit bull, you're seen as a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to swear, but you're seen as a, <laughs> a witch. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but then if you're too soft, then you're seen as the prom queen. You're seen as the, uh, you're, you're seen as too light, too domestic, too. Um, and so you're expected to find this kind of perfect middle ground that no human can actually find. And well, and then he has a word of warning that if this goes south, if the relationship doesn't work, she's unhirable. Yeah, that's and true. honestly, we look. I, maybe we won't get super political. I gotta say, Monica Lewinsky. I think she's a, a fantastic woman, and I like her on Twitter. She's hilarious, and she's kind of taken all of this stuff and strife over the years. But she got hit hard in the press, and and was mercilessly attacked. Did you watch the recent American Crime Story mm-hmm. uh, impeachment? I believe. When did that come out? Was that just this last uh, year? I thought it was really good. I uh, really enjoyed it. And I, I was bummed out that it didn't get more um, attention or than it did. I thought Sarah yeah. Paulson was absolutely incredible as Linda Tripp. I mean, I would not have known it was her mm. if I hadn't, you know, it was not the credits. She's totally immersed herself in the role. I thought it was such an interesting uh, show about how, all of these women in different ways, even, even, uh, um, even, uh, Hillary Clinton were used by the system in different ways. Uh, and, uh, I, I was, none of them are, are like innocent or whatever. They all did what they did, but I, I just thought it was such a interesting, uh, portrayal of these events that we all know, but, uh, but we haven't, seen the behind the scenes kind of of it and i i really thought it was great but but yeah no you're absolutely right about monica and she was so naive and i think she would admit that now of uh you know to think that that he really was in love with her and that he Mm. would leave his wife or i mean he she was just so naive but uh but you know she was really young so you do stupid stuff when you're young but that's the but that's kind of the the kind of weird message with this. I don't know what came first between this movie and and that uh, controversy that happened. But so that would this would be uh, before. Okay, so I, that that even to me is kind of interesting. That I don't think, and maybe this is what my complaint was towards the beginning. Once that warning was issued out, there wasn't really any concern on on Sydney's part. To, yeah, to feel I mean, worried it's true. that it couldn't happen. She was just kind of like, no, it'll happen. I mean, it's true. She does go from being kind of anxious, nervous about this whole situation to being, I'm going to commit a relationship with you really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just kind of goes for it. But, but who wouldn't if it's Michael Douglas? I mean, yeah, on. and they just have such good chemistry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that helps a lot. And I, I think he has good chemistry with the with the rest of the staff, uh, mm. that there are really good moments between him and Michael J. Fox, between him and Martin Sheen when they're playing pool and talking. And um, I think that, that feels pretty real to me. 
And I love, you know, when he sends her ham, that's really funny. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and I want to see the deleted scene of him calling the butcher, though. <laughs> see how that he's like get me a number for a butcher instead like where did he jump from flour to ham mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny he's like you know you know what women love just as much as roses <laughs> yeah and there's so there's a whole thing about uh him uh bombing the libyans and i think that that would also be very controversial uh if it was to happen now i mean we saw what happened with um uh what's it called um can't think of the name all of a sudden with when hillary uh with the um embassy in Uh, libya yeah Yeah. and that's so funny because now that you mentioned that like he was just like giving her secrets (laughs) yeah she totally called out when he said he was having a dentist appointment because she got told what was happening and it's like um isn't that classified i okay whatever yeah so then his job approval it goes down eight points because uh it was kind of interesting because bob rumson is going on a a campaign for bring the pride back which i think Mm -hmm. is kind of interesting Uh. Uh, and got a little prosaic maybe make something Um, great again a little yeah so (laughs) it's interesting how a lot of in politics so much of what we see is just a repackaging of what we'd already seen but Mm -hmm. they but they make it sound revolutionary because they're you know whether it's like for example in education we started you know we had no child left behind and then that was basically just repackaged into the common core but each time it seems like oh i'm making these great changes no you're doing exactly the same thing that was done over and over and over again very rarely i mean most major policy changes that happen in the united states these days is from the courts uh very rarely will there be something like the health care bill or something like that that's like actually significant policy change uh and for better or worse and we're not gonna you know whatever but uh but uh, it's tough for any president to get anything done partly by design that's Hmm. why they made it hard to get things passed they made it hard for the for the founding fathers made it hard to get anything done by design yeah especially if there's mixed houses it's true and richard dreyfus really takes it he takes advantage of um just the 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 unknown of a new thing right anything Mm -hmm. that's like i guess a change or an evolution it it seems like one party decides to say don't you want to kind of go back to the way things were if you're uncomfortable with a new situation right and they didn't really see this as he saw this as an opportunity more or less than an actual issue he looked at the fact that okay this is a widow now there's something new we can attack this and pinpoint it and that's why yeah. he went on his crusade and he's calling her the first mistress and stuff mm-hmm. like that i i think that the way that you'd have to go about this if this were to happen again is i think you just have to i think you wouldn't hide from it the way that he's hiding from it in this movie and that's part of the mm-hmm. reason why the rumson gets as far as he does on it because uh, he, uh, he's pretending like he doesn't want to address it. He doesn't want to talk about it. And so then he can, the Rumson can, can claim, oh, this is, you know, lack of ethics in the white house or whatever. 
um, especially considering she's a lobbyist, I would have probably, if, I mean, what do I know? But I would probably say have a press conference, introduce her as your girlfriend, whatever she can be charming and charm everybody. And, and then turn it into something that's like a positive thing. Have her go on the view for sure. Mm. I would have her go on the view. That would be a, a, a big thing. Obviously it didn't exist at this time, but I, I think you would take that kind of have her go on access Hollywood and, you know, and it was that kind of thing to uh, make her somebody people like, and that can go a long way when it comes to, uh, politics and public relations these days, which sadly, and that's the I mean, question though, right. Is where, where can you separate your personal life from having to tell the public about your personal life? When does it become a matter yeah. of policy rather than personal affairs? And I, I think it's an interesting question that they just don't really they don't explore too much except for the fact that Michael Douglas just doesn't want to do anything. Like he doesn't want to do any type mm -hmm. of press. He doesn't want to comment on it because he doesn't think that it's, it's, it's uh, tactful and that it helps at any point. And, uh, and also it's none of their business, but at the end he's wrong because it does affect him. It does hurt his numbers. It does that, that secrecy that the American people just don't like ever at this point, mm -hmm. even now, like if you're not a hundred percent transparent about what you're doing while you're in the position, it can be an issue. So it, it, he's, well, I mean, he's they have that great sense. conversation between him and Martin Sheen, where he says that, uh, that he says, Oh yes, he does. He has a right to question your family values. I'm a citizen. This is my president in this mm -hmm. country. It, it is not only permissible to question our leaders, it's our responsibility. It's a bit whiny. He's a bit, whiny. <laughs> but, <laughs> a bit of a whiner in that uh, one. <laughs> and, and then, I, but I like when he says, in the absence of leadership, they will listen to whomever is at the microphone. And that Which is, is true. So true. That is true. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and he says to Lewis, he said, we've had presidents who were beloved, who couldn't find a coherent sentence with two hands and a flashlight. People don't drink the sand because they're thirsty. They drink the sand because they don't know the difference, which is and quite still damning. drink it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I think in just a reality, you'd have to kind of come out on, uh, you'd have to have a strategy. They tell him he needs a strategy from the very beginning. And I, and I mean, I guess, especially when you're president and your actual residence is in the White House, you know, there's just really no way to separate your job from your personal life. Like that's just mm -hmm. the best you can hope for is people leaving your children alone, which sometimes happens, sometimes doesn't. Usually, usually that's, uh, they try to keep the, uh, keep the kids uh, safe, uh, yeah. from that kind of attack. But, um, uh, and he does say at one point, he says, if Mary hadn't died, would we have won three years ago that he mm -hmm. was able to sort of play the, uh, lonely widower card. Uh, and you know, it's interesting to think about, uh, what we would think about a single man running for president. It's never yeah. happened. So <laughs> we've had, we've had single presidents, I believe like single presidents, uh, but never when they're running. I, I don't think, and yes, he, but you know, they he was say in the re-election, right. They say in the movie that, uh, that Wilson actually president Wilson courted and married his wife while running, while being president. And, mm -hmm. but they also say 
there was no television then it was a different time Mm-hmm. So. Well, and even when he does kind of come out in the third act to to reveal like the stuff, it really just ends up being whataboutisms against the guy, yeah. right? He's like, so you're not you're a card member, but you don't support the Constitution. It has absolutely nothing to do with his personal life. <laughs> he just throws more stuff at him. Oh yeah, so his big final speech at the end uh, is really where it goes into full on liberal fantasy mode. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean the it was, idea it was that Rocky and Rocky Four talking Russia. <laughs> the idea that like i said him saying i'm going to get the guns would be like this great thing and his popularity going way up no way um he's thrown out the crime bill and the crime bill it's very interesting in this movie because now it's seen as a kind of disaster Mm. the the 90 uh 95 94 uh crime bill i think 94 crime bill which was was which was led and championed by joe biden at the time um now is seen as uh it's over car over incarcerated particularly people of uh, color um it's led to a lot of problems and uh so it's kind of interesting here that it's both seen as like super important the crime bill and also that uh he kind of throws it out at the end is 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 an interesting irony i guess yeah, it's the the situation is it's it's a liberal fantasy. <laughs> he says, There's just some things that just don't make sense for for logic in in the real world, and it's a lot of like, but focus on the love and focus on the romance, and when you do, the whole yeah. thing works perfectly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and it was cute at the end when he's like, "I finally I was able to give you flowers," and uh, and he says, "Well, turns out I've got a rose garden." <laughs> yeah (laughs) he really needs to get a better tour of that house he doesn't know a lot of places (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) um and he says i was so busy keeping my job i forgot to do my job Mm -hmm. and uh so because he was going to she's furious at him because he's he's going to table the environmental bill in order to get the crime bill passed and that is totally real that's what happens i mean things get uh there's that kind of bartering with bills all the time mm. uh but uh but yeah the 20 percent is very unrealistic that would never happen for better yeah, or worse. I, but let's in all honesty it needs to happen and needs to happen mm-hmm. fast but uh, <laughs> salt like- lake is no longer a lake <laughs> <laughs> but i like when they're dancing i think that's really good their first date is really good very swoon worthy um i I think that, like I said, they have very good chemistry. Uh, and we actually, I asked on Twitter um, what are what my uh, followers uh, thought about the movie. Uh, Alex Klepp says, I love it. Michael Douglas is fantastic in the role. I, would, I could have easily seen him being nominated for an Oscar. His speech at the end is great. And his chemistry with Annette Bening is so adorable. I do think that the speech feels authentic for this supposed character. Like if we're going to live in this reality of the supposed uh, of the White House that they're building, it does feel like, okay, this is something he would say, but Mm -hmm. I think the idea that that would be well-received is the part (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> no follow-up questions. <laughs> American president is where Sorkin, this is nostalgic cast. He says, American president is where Sorkin fully won me over and started to end, started to lose me. His wish fulfillment politicizing always rubbed up against his gift for rat-a-tat wordplay. And this is a mix of both. I prefer a few good men because it leans on the wordplay side. I also love that Shepard keeps using sports metaphors throughout the film as if letting male audiences know that it's okay to like this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's true. Very good. Um, in search of a better name says often seen as a dress rehearsal for the West Wing and by all means the most idealistic of Sorkin screenplays but I can't deny there is a lot to love almost makes you wish that the world and politics could really be like that mm. <laughs> uh, we have a, a Cindy says adore it uh, Carlo Chuchu says I think Few Good Men is still my favorite of his but this is up there Laura Ann Marie says I love it so much favorite Sorkin script uh, David Handler says, I thought it was corny and unsatisfying. So did, hmm. so did it's uh, Sorkin who used all of the research he'd done to create the West wing. So for that, we can be grateful. Uh, one more, a lesser author Dreamweaver says, I think Sorkin's big weakness as a writer is his tendency towards schmaltz and he needs a strong director to rein it in. Unfortunately, one of Rob Reiner's big weaknesses as a director is his tendency towards schmaltz. And so I don't think they bring out the best in each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then Eric Carlson says, I think my favorite movie script of his so far Jen Johan says, love it. And then one more, Christopher Herman says, I like Molly's game and Charlie Wilson's were better. In one of those, which of the pair that was in the air contest, I prefer Dave to the American president, but the latter is not unwatchable. So hmm. some different thoughts there. <laughs> hey, I, I like the variety. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, think, I think they all have their own valid points to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if you're watching this as a romance, I think it's very satisfying. Again, great chemistry. I think that they both have very uh, good characters that are well-developed, dynamic characters. Uh, if you're watching it for the politics, that's not as satisfying. Um, mm -hmm. It does have that sort of liberal fantasy for, and that could be frustrating for liberals and frustrating for conservatives i don't know well, i would say to watch it because oh, yeah. this kind of goes to the point with um i've not really talked about the peacemaker at all on this show or anything but peacemaker it does have a little bit of a message to being able to be okay with people and be friends with people that have different viewpoints than yourself right yeah. Yeah. i don't think there's any problem with checking out a red-blooded american presidential movie and a, a liberal bleeding heart president movie and and yeah, still feeling that true. that's what america is because at the end of the day there were republican presidents and there were liberal presidents and it, it's not like were there um yeah it's and not both, like what it is both, today <laughs> both presidents had very hard time getting anything done because that's the yeah. way it was designed <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's it's still an overall very entertaining film i would say uh, so if you get a chance to watch it, let us know what you think. Uh, where would you rate this uh, one to five, one to five American flags? What would you give it? Mm, I would probably <laughs> give it a three, three and a half American flags. Or yeah. we can't cut a flag in half. We'd go to jail. I agree. I would give it a, a yeah, three and a half, I think is fair or a four. I, mm. I, I like it. It's a good romance. 
Uh, and it is probably as close as we get to like a true American royalty kind of movie, princess yeah. kind of movie. And it's this. so lame. A lobbyist in a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a lonely lobbyist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, let us know what you think. If you have seen this movie, how many flags would you give it? We would love to hear your thoughts and any other films you like to watch uh, during 4th of July or during uh, President's Day. We'd love to hear what you think. And uh, Patrick, where can people find you? Oh, find me on patrickbatyreviews.com. I'm doing all of the uh, Batman talking that I possibly can before the release and uh, Friday films on ABC4, Good Things Utah. That's great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Round Tomatoes. Check that out. Also make sure you're following the Hallmarkies podcast, a Hallmarkies pod and a Hallmarkies podcast, all of our social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store, and uh, we love uh, the support that we get from the patrons. We have so much fun. And we are having this Friday, we are actually having our latest patron watch along where we are going to be watching Love to the Rescue with writer Sarah Montana, and that's going to be really fun. So nice. join up on the patron. You'll love it. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have the merch store. So take a look at that. And thanks again, Patrick. This was really fun. And we will uh, we'll talk soon, hopefully maybe a less political movie. <laughs> no, we're going to go more. We're going to get, gonna, we're going to go deeper. <laughs> Thank you again for having me. Bye everyone. Bye.